When I started Ambitious, I had a slogan, fun and original content. And an example of fun and, you know, the norm content would be continuously interviewing athletes. But I want to go behind the scenes. I want to get original content. I want to do it different. And today's episode is another example of that. Farron Benjamin is a marketing agent for First Pick Sports. This time of year in the NFL is insane, with draft prospects and veterans all needing their brands marketed. Somebody has to handle all that, and that's what a marketing agent does. Listen to her story and listen to her take on NFL draft, marketing, branding, pre-draft interviews, commercials, etc. It's a really fun interview, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it after the break. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price, and as the NFL Draft lead-up begins, I have Farron Benjamin, NFL agent, on today. Farron, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing great. So, my first question for you is, as the NFL Draft process is definitely kicking into high gear, who are some of the NFL Draft prospects in this year's class that you represent? Yeah, we have a really great class um, at First Pick Sports. You know, I oversee our marketing team, our client maintenance department. So we uh, we represent uh, over 15 uh, rookies that are scheduled to go in this year's draft. Some of the biggest names that you guys might rep- uh, recognize are Greedy Williams at LSU, uh, Stanley Morgan Jr. at Nebraska, Kelvin Harmon at NC State, um, Isaiah Langley at USC, Miles Gaskin, Ben Burkirvin at UW, uh, and quite a few others. So it's been a really, really fun uh, 2019 rookie class kind of leading One of the coolest things is you actually had played a big part in my first big interview having Kelvin on and he is a great person, a great athlete, and he's going to do phenomenal. Um, The showcases, the interviews, what has been the process, what has the process been like for them so far? long process for them. Uh, you know, directly after their bowl games at the end of the season, uh, they all kind of picked up their lives and moved out to California to train our facility out here in Thousand Oaks. Um, you know, they trained six days a week, and training went everything from weight room to field to line training to interview prep uh, to yoga um, and anything in between and stuff. So their training was very much uh, more than just kind of doing drills in the field and lifting weights in the weight room. Their training consisted of so many things to help them prepare uh, for the draft and, and whatnot. So it's been a pretty long process. They were out here anywhere from, from 10 to 12 weeks long and, and lived out here and, and trained and, and uh, were around our agency and around uh, their agents specifically, you know, getting to know them and, and whatnot and kind of finding things that they're interested in and, and, and whatnot. So it's been very, uh, it's been a long process. I imagine for them it's been an even longer process for me, but um, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's getting close, and we are recording this, as I said, a month out from the NFL draft, but it's likely going to come out close to the NFL draft. What have the last few weeks as free agencies kicked off and everything been like from your perspective as an agent? From a marketing agent side of things, um, it's been, you know, when, when the guys go to the combine and the pro days is usually when I um, kind of have everything teed up already, whether it's deals, whether it's appearances, whether it's, uh, you know, meet and greets and stuff. My my job is pretty much teed up by then, uh, meaning I, I allow our guys to go to the combine and take the most important test of their life thus far, and I really kind of stay off their line. Uh, their agents who, who are going to be the ones that put them on teams and negotiate contracts 
are there with them every day um, and whatnot. But from a more TPR perspective, my, my job is to kind of get them prepared um, as they lead up to the interviews that happen at the Combine and at their respective pro days. And then also kind of, you know, like I said, whether it's appearances um, around those days or whether it is um, setting up the marketing deals before that and stuff. But when they're taking the biggest test of their life, um, you know, this far on the field, whether it's at pro days or at the combine, you know, my job is to really kind of be there to, to support, but also to kind of kind of step back and let them take that test. Um, and once we're done with the test, we're, we're back working. So right now, um, all of my guys are pretty much wrapping up their pro days. Um, obviously, we're already a, a month past combine and whatnot. So, so now we really kick things into gear. We really start kind of ramping up on the marketing, the social media side of things, uh, you know, associating people with brands, getting them uh, on ESPN, on NFL Network, with interviews like yourself, and, and getting them out there and kind of just helping them share their story. Uh, you know, my job is kind of help people uh, learn who these young men are and, and help, you know, coaches and teams understand where they come from and, and what they're trying to accomplish and whatnot. So if there's any way that I can do that from a marketing and PR perspective, that's what I'm, I'm here to do. Now, you touched on, you represent some of the bigger clients like uh, Greedy Williams and Kelvin Harmon, who maybe their stories have already been made public, but if there's some of the guys like in the projected to go in the lower rounds, is there a way you can kind of push them up? Is there a different way to market them versus how you market the bigger, um, more well-known names of the draft class? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. Um, I would say, you know, big name guys market themselves, right? Um, you know, you, you come from a big school, you're, you're supposed to be projected very high. You're essentially, you're, your name and your play market yourself. Whereas other guys that come from smaller schools, whether it's uh, UNC, whether it's a Vanderbilt, whether it's a University of Maine, um, you know, those schools aren't, aren't in a power five. They're not, you know, in the spotlight every single weekend and, and on college game day and stuff. So my job is to simply, you know, get to know these guys and, and figure out kind of what what stories I can let people in on and, and how I can, like, you know, allow people to learn more about who these guys are. Um, at the end of the day, the stuff that I'm doing, um, you know, a, a story on ESPN is not going to necessarily make a guy get drafted from, you know, he's going to be a fifth rounder, now he's a third rounder. But it's more so, like, if I can help provide a narrative of who these young men are and, and what they've accomplished on the field and off the field, um, I'm hoping that, you know, at some point in time, these stories can make it into some NFL offices to where, um, you know, uh, when the, when free agency comes around or if anything happens after the draft or one of the guys didn't get drafted, hopefully that name can, can kind of have a presence in a locker room or two enough to kind of make somebody uh, bring them in for a workout. So I guess my next question for you would be, has there ever been maybe a client that you've had to change the narrative in the marketing, like that has a bad rap that you have to maybe rebuild their status a little, or has there ever been kind of um, a guy that you need to get to, you know, marketed better because he genuinely is a good guy, but has a bad rap for some reason? really been um, very fortunate to work with a very wonderful group of young men, um, you know, in the industry, and I, I really have never had to, um, you know, hide things or shape things differently or tell people, no, he really is a good guy, I'm sorry you think that way. Um, you know, I, I really have been, been very, very fortunate in that sense. I think one of the biggest things that I've seen a change, and this is what I try to do on a daily basis. 
this is I try to just get, um, you know, the young men that I work with to understand the platform that they have, whether it is from coming from a big college town or a college football team into the NFL, you know, utilizing those platforms, you know, with each other to, to build a platform of their own. Um, and I think that's been the most rewarding thing. I've seen young men that come in that are very shy to speak in public, that are very shy to go out in the community um, and interact with others, and I've seen them blossom into guys that are now advocates and have their own foundations and, and are speaking on panels and, uh, and, and being part of, of a team, you know, um, community service plan and whatnot. So it's been very rewarding to kind of more so watch guys become more comfortable in their own skin uh, when it comes to doing things beyond just playing football. And so that's kind of been one of the most rewarding things. Is like I've, I really have not had to, uh, you know, shape a, a player's attitude or story in, in one way or another or, or convince someone that someone's great. I've, I've really kind of just been able to do a wonderful job in helping these young men find passions that they didn't know they had or find, um, you know, strengths and, and some personal confidence that they never knew they had. And that's been a very, very rewarding thing for me. My next question for you is, as draft day is getting closer, what is draft day like for your job, and what has it been like in the past? So for my job, I'm kind of the crazy person on and leading up to draft. So I will I will represent guys that are invited to Nashville and guys that are not. So I have to kind of keep in mind on draft day, there are about 15 to 20 people that I need to make sure that every single person has a plan. Where are they going to be? Are they going to be at home with their family? Are they going to be in a central location? Are they going to be on campus? What, what family members do to fly in? So if you take that and you multiply that by 17, that's how much of a crazy person I am leading up to draft day. When it comes to, to people like Greedy who will be in Nashville for the draft, um, I'm overseeing everything from logistics um, to NFLPA and NFL events that they have to attend on the Tuesday and Wednesday leading up to it, all the way to marketing appearances, brand appearances, um, brand obligations, and everything the night of. So whether it's the second he gets drafted, what brands do you have to go backstage and see? Who does he have to visit? What ones does he have obligations to on Twitter and, and whatnot, or Facebook, whatever it might be. Um, so I, I turn into a little bit of a crazy person, but uh, in the best ways. You know, I, I say crazy, and that's the fact is I want to make sure that every individual's um, draft day is, is special to them. It's the most wonderful day of their life, hopefully, and I want that to be special and unique and everything that they want it to be. Um, and so my job is to kind of make sure that everything from all ends um, is tightened up, whereas our agents are going to be, you know, ready to be on the phone, ready to talk, you know, numbers and stuff. I, I'm kind of handling everything outside of that. Now, I think you might have just broke, is the list out for the draft prospects heading to Nashville yet? Um, I do not know. I know that my client is invited. I do not know everybody else's. I think you might have just broke a little news here on Ambitious. <laughs> so I, don't think, I don't think Greedy Williams going to Nashville is news to anybody. <laughs> but if it's news, then it's news. I definitely think he's going to be a top 10 pick while we're talking about that and I'm hoping that my Jets are smart and take him at number six or not number six number three but um kind of transitioning a little this is more of a general question as you marketing a lot of clients and everything what has been maybe not even one of your clients the craziest draft interview or you know pre-draft interview question you've had one of your clients get or a or heard oh a client gosh. that. That is such a good question. I know that a lot of them 
odd questions um, at the combine. I, oh my gosh, I'm being put on the spot. I do not know. Some one of the guys, one of the coaches asked um, one of the guys if they prefer waffles or French toast. One year, I don't know how that translates to football, but apparently it does somehow. Um, I'm trying to think of anything that's just been out of out of like thin air where you just kind of look and you're like, what is that for? Uh, I do not know. I just remembered a client telling me that he left the combine and they asked him whether he preferred waffles or French toast. And, never, and when he answered, everybody wrote it down. Like, it was super important. <laughs> That's very funny and a kind of outlandish yeah, question. Yeah, weird, weird, right? I, I know they get asked so many times and, um, you know, there's always word around the combine on who asked, you know, the weirdest question when guys are on the podium. But, um, honestly, you know, now that you're asking that, I want to ask some of my uh, some of my guys if they've gotten any asking any weird questions on pro days or anything, because now I'm interested. <laughs> I know uh, they did say one year, to kind of translate it a little, they asked Jamarcus Russell how many um, teammates were at your birthday party and how many brought presents. And apparently that might have translated related to his results at the pro level, but... Who knows? I don't know how waffles yeah, and French toast. Yeah, you know, I, you know I don't know about that. I guess that maybe translates to his friends group too. If he got, if not a lot of people brought presents. <laughs> so my next question for you is more of a: you negotiate deals and everything. Um, how has the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell kind of contract situations affected negotiations in general around the league? an effect on it. I, I don't see too much of an effect from a marketing side of things. Our agents may say something differently. Um, so for me, what what's going on with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown does not affect me at all or, or the marketing or PR side of things. Um, but as far as kind of negotiating contracts, um, you know, entering into free agency and, and franchise tagging and stuff, obviously that's had a very big impact on the way that athletes want to protect themselves and want to protect their financial um, you know, stability and want to protect their bodies. Uh, but that's kind of more so a question that, uh, that one of our agents would probably be able to answer better than I can. My next question is how many or and how many, um, I don't know how I want to word this, who are some of the veteran players that you represent? an amazing group of veterans, um, you know, Kenny Clark on the Packers, Raekwon McMillan on the Dolphins, Mike Hughes on the Vikings, Trey Madden on the Seahawks, you got Seaton Carter out in Cincinnati, and uh, a big, big list of others and stuff, and, and they're, uh, they're all wonderful young men. I've got to, a chance to work with them for some of them four years and, and anything in between, so it's been great to kind of watch them, uh, you know, navigate their own careers on and off the field, and um, I... I one of my favorite parts of my job is watching watching our veterans kind of become become businessmen and become um, advocates in their community and stuff. So the work that I do with our veterans, once they get their feet wet and they, they really kind of get comfortable as being an athlete in the NFL, is really kind of expanding uh, their brand, their platform, their voice in, in, in as many ways that I possibly can. Now, you said... Uh, you. Kenny Clark, uh, one of the guys you represented, he had a very phenomenal year this past year. And how how has his brand kind of shifted as he had a very huge year this past year? His brand has really kind of taken off, and he's been very much, um, you know, tuned in into making sure that he is representing himself as a, a phenomenal player on the field and off the field. Um, as you may know, uh, Kenny Clark was the Green Bay Packers Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um, a very, very big honor and an honor 
someone like that is in my position that does marketing and PR, that is the biggest honor um, that someone like myself can help navigate and help guide and help be there by someone's side to help gain that big of an honor. So um, him receiving that honor from the Packers this year, I was in tears when he called me. And um, I just think someone like him is really, you know, he's a big guy, right? He's a, he's a lineman. And so, you know, everybody wants the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and the DBs and stuff. But Kenny has a very, very big brand in the Green Bay market. You know, everybody in, in Green Bay, they love their Packers, you know, through and through, no matter if you are a practice squad guy or you are Aaron Rodgers. Um, that is a one of the most loyal sports towns, if not the most, that I've ever been around. And so Kenny is working on expanding his brand in many ways, you know, in the community, in Green Bay, and in his home in San Bernardino County and Rialto, where he went to um, high school. But, you know, he has his own radio show out there. He's doing a lot of stuff in the community. He has his toy drive, his kids' camp and stuff. So one of the big things about Kenny is he really just loves giving back. Um, he's a family guy, and so he just loves helping families out and, and being a part of other people's families and helping them on their journeys um, athletically and, and, and um, you know, helping them throughout the on-the-field, not-the-field um, situations and stuff. But Kenny is really uh, – he's been one of the biggest – clients that I've worked with that has really kind of taken control of his own personal brand and really kind of made it his own. And he's really kind of influenced people from Green Bay to LA and it's been amazing to see. How does, you touched on a little with Green Bay there, how does maybe having a smaller town market like Green Bay versus a bigger market like New York compare as a marketing agent? Um, uh, it, it, honestly, it's wonderful. Um, the only difference is there's, you know, New York has more opportunities. And, and bigger wallets, obviously. But the one thing about Green Bay is everybody in Green Bay, whether you're a restaurant or a tuck shop or a car dealership, everybody in Green Bay wants to be in the world of the Packers players. So when I go out and I pitch Kenny for a deal, um, they're, they're so very warm and welcoming. They, they always say yes, you know, whether, whether we come to terms at the end or not, whether we do, um, some fun things that don't really involve cash and stuff, you know, it, Green Bay, they, they love their Packers. That's all I can say. And so when I go to pitch something, everyone is always open-minded. It's not like, oh, well, we got this guy and he's better. It, it, you know, that's kind of the marketing world is, oh, we won't want to work with you. We got XYZ player who's better than him, so we're going to pass. Whereas the Green Bay is like, we love to incorporate everybody. How can we work with him alongside working with him? And so it is one of the, the best markets that I feel like um, to have someone like Kenny um, in that market to really expand it and stuff. But obviously, you know, you, you know it as well as I do, L.A., New York, uh, those markets are huge. Um, very, very wealthy businesses, very wealthy business people, um, you know, big Fortune 500 companies. And so that's, that's a different ballgame, right? But in Green Bay, you know, you have – you have a lot of doors that open um, that wouldn't normally open in a different market because people are just so loving towards the, the Packers. Well, another thing I would like to touch on as the NFL draft is obviously a big thing right now, but the free agency period just is kind of slowing down a lot. How ha How is the free agency period as a marketing agent? Um, usually if there's about a week period or so that I kind of halt all conversations um, that kind of are, are taking place. A lot of people will work with XYZ athlete and then all of a sudden they're traded to a different market so they're like trying to scramble around and stuff. Um, you know, Dylan, anything that has, happens on the field as far as kind of contracts and negotiations and stuff, I really don't ever let that affect me. 
um, as much and stuff because, I, you know, I, if I'm working on a deal with Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola isn't going anywhere. They're not affected by whether Le'Veon plays in Pittsburgh or whether he plays with the Jets. Um, so a lot of the, the free agency frenzy and, and, you know, all these different things that happen in the offseason that have to do with contracts and, and you know, and the, those type of things, those don't affect me really at all. Um, I keep it moving and stuff. I, you know, there are some, some companies that do tend to slow down around free agency because, like I said, they have a lot of big clients they work with as well that are kind of all over the place, don't know what team they're on, and making sure that their deal's still in place with their agent and their marketing agent. But for me, there's, there's really nothing that changes. Now, one thing I very big fan of Kelvin and Greedy as the NFL draft process is um, a big time for them and they get to make deals with companies for merchandise and or merchandise, clothing, shoes, etc. What is that process like for you as they get to kind of sign with brands like Nike, Adidas, um, Under Armour, etc.? That's a fun process, actually. Um, that process usually takes place. Um, we, we do not delay at all in that process. Those conversations start the second that we get somebody um, in the building. So those conversations start early in, in January, February. They, they take a while. Um, it has to be a fit. It has to be um, not only a brand fit, but it has to be a guy wants to wear it. Um, you know, so I'll never kind of force an athlete to wear a certain um, brand of shoe or brand of clothing if they're like, Farron, this isn't for me. I don't like the fit. The shoes are uncomfortable. So I always try to, you know, listen to what they want first and um, and kind of listen and say, what, what do you want out of that brand? Why do you like the brand? Have you ever tried other brands? And really see where they are. Some guys are like, you know what, let's, let's talk straight money or let's talk straight comfort and, and what they like and stuff. And so the conversations are different for every client, but it's, uh, that's one of the most fun deals and stuff is, is working with the shoe companies, uh, whether it be Adidas, Nike, Under Armour, um, and all of those, and really just kind of finding what's a perfect fit for our clients and then getting them kind of uh, suited and booted and into their, their new brand. Uh, one more question before I ask my final question is, has there ever been, you know, commercials, uh, advertisement? What is the craziest commercial kind of endorsement thing that has happened with maybe one of your clients or another client that has happened in the past? Like something crazy they had to say or something crazy they had to do? Oh, you're getting me on the spot with some of these. I <laughs> wish I, oh my gosh, I wish I prepared these ones. Um, hmm. I, as far as crazy, I haven't really, I don't know if there's anything crazy. Like, if things go down, like, the crazy the crazy street, I kind of pause it before it goes too far down that, that dark alley. Um, I remember back in the day when I was first starting out, I remember seeing Von Miller in an Adidas ad, and it was, like, half human, half horse. And they painted him to where it was the top part of his body, and the bottom part of like the horse, kind of like the biblical, the biblical creature and stuff. And I just thought it, I don't know why it was so funny to me. I just thought that was so crazy that they, that Jesus did that and stuff. But I, as far as anything um, weird on the marketing side of things, I've, I've had like clients go to, um, go to community service events and they were told that they needed to read bed, like bedtime stories and books to the kids before nap time. That was kind of strange. <laughs> uh, we, we asked that idea before it came to fruition. Um, we're like, eh, that's not, let's not be reading kids' stories and while they're taking naps and stuff. Let's kind of just cut off the program before that. Uh, but anything else, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that's actually been implemented that I was like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a steep one. <laughs>
Well, Farron, my final question for you is what made you want to do this and what is the most rewarding thing about being a marketing agent? Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, I was a student athlete at USC and in my off seasons I worked for football and I I really just, I, I found, you know, not only the love of the sport, I, I don't know if you know this Dylan, but I played high school football at Los Alamitos, so I've always been very, um, very attached to the game. I've been very attached to, um, you know, what can come out of the game and stuff, but really um, it's, it's more so just helping helping people change their lives and helping people follow their dreams. And, you know, if I can be a, a very small sliver of a, of a happy moment in someone's day or in someone's life or to help them uh, become very wealthy or to help them um, discover and be connected with brands they've always dreamed of being connected by, and, you know, that, that's what I like to do. I like to just – I'm very big about making sure that I understand my clients like, like, I'm like, we're family. You know, I want to know what makes them tick, what makes them happy, how, what, what are things that they enjoy, they love, what are things that they're passionate about. I, I really dig deep, and I would hope that, that my athletes would echo the same thing and that my relationship with my athletes is very, very much kind of like a big sister role. It's like, how can I, how can I help put you on a platform and help the world see you like I've learned to know you? And, and you know, one of the most rewarding things in my job is just watching people, um, create a platform for themselves that allows them to share their own stories and their talents, whether they're on the field or off the field. And if I can be a, a very small part in that in some way, shape, or form and to help someone, um, you know, build a business or build a foundation and, and change people's lives with the stories and, and of trials and tribulations that they've been through, then I've, then I've done my job really well. Um, I always like to be the silent person in the background. I like my athletes to shine. I don't I don't want any, any accolades. I don't want any credit. I just want, at the end of the day, I want them to stand tall knowing on that day they were, they were at their very best. And whether that's on the field or whether that is, you know, at an appearance or, or with a commercial or whatever it is. But, um, you know, being able to work with people that have changed my life. Um, there are some people I represent that have, that have absolutely changed the way that I see the world. They changed the way that I think daily. Uh, they've opened my eyes to think, whether it's food or culture or travel. Um, I just think that's one of the most rewarding parts of my job is to be able to to, uh, be, to call these people friends and, and to work for them and to um, help them accomplish their life goals on a daily basis. That's really, really cool. And I did not know the thing about the high school football or the uh, <laughs> athletics aspect of it. Uh, very, very cool, and thank you so much for coming on. And while we are on the air, I know I thanked you behind the scenes, but I would like to thank uh, you for giving me the opportunity to interview Kelvin and the relationship for booking clients and everything, and thank you for taking a chance and letting him come on the podcast. Absolutely, Dylan. I, I'm, I'm here anytime you need me, and uh, our, our clients are always kind of you know welcome to talk to people and share their stories, so anybody, any way that I can help you, uh, never hesitate to let me know. Thank you so much, and thank you again, Farron Benjamin, for coming on the podcast.